in today's show. It's NBA draft season. So this is my first mock draft of the process. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. It is mock draft time. This is not an NBA fantasy mock draft. Absolutely no point in doing one of those now. It's an NBA draft mock draft, and this is what we're going to be covering for the next few weeks. We're going to be looking at NBA draft prospects. We're going to be looking at how I would draft an NBA draft. I'm going to be doing what I think GMs will do in an NBA draft. We're going to be talking to 10-plus NBA draft analysts to get their thoughts on prospects, from in-depth individual prospect profiles to overall class thoughts. We're going to be talking some fantasy stuff as well with some of... um, the fantasy analysts that we've had on the show previously. So just give you an idea of what we've got running this week. I'm going to be talking tomorrow to, again, this is all subject to unless shit goes down and it doesn't work out, um, Rafael Barlow from NBA Big Board and Locked On NBA Draft. Talking about the class, we're going to do some in-depth stuff on, um, not with Raf, but with some other analysts. We're going to be talking some Keegan Murray this week, some Jalen Duren this week, along with others. And we're going to be looking at some uh, initial Dynasty rookie thoughts with Matt Lawson from NBA Dynasty ADP. That's his Twitter handle. You would know Matt does a ton of stuff in the NBA, in the fantasy basketball Dynasty space. We're going to have Matt on to talk about um, these rookies from a Dynasty perspective. So a little bit of fantasy mixed with real life stuff. This is Mock Draft 1.0. I have started digging into the draft stuff um, when I got back from vacation last week. So this is sort of, you know, you're going to be learning. You may know more about these prospects than I do at this point or have different thoughts. This is my first Mock Draft and it's going to evolve over the weeks as I talk to more people, I do more reading, I catch up on more, watching more games. Over these next four weeks, my first go at it, there's going to be some stuff that I look back on this mock draft in a few weeks and go, what are you talking about? That's really weird. But that's where we're, this is our starting point, first mock draft, and then things will evolve as as more information, as I get my head around more information. But this is my sort of starting point. This is the, the base. This is 1.0. This is where I think guys um, should go at this stage with an understanding that I'm really, really focusing a couple of things to, to, go, to go through, actually, before we get into the mock draft, a bit of a preamble here. At this point, um, I feel like there's a top four in this draft, and I'm, I'm relatively set on number one, who you'll see in a second, but the next three, I feel are pretty interchangeable. And normally, I wouldn't be someone who advocates for need uh, at that point of the draft, and I haven't necessarily done anything need-based here in this mock draft, but I can see that happening with, I reckon, a fairly flat top four. And then after those top four, to me, there's not massive um, separation between the next 12 guys or 13 guys and then the next maybe 30 guys after that. It's really flat to me. It's not as uh, not as highly 
the superstar upside is not as high as what it was last season or the draft quality is not as good as last season. I don't think it's quite as good as what's ha- happening next season. So it's a little bit of a down year, I feel, overall in this draft. The other thing I'm prioritizing is wings. Versatile wings who can defend. They're, they're so massive. So you'll see a little bit of that in these where I push centers. If you're not Jokic or you're not Embiid or you're not Towns, these top three center type players, you know, I know Jokic wasn't taken there, but these seven foot guys who are elite generationalish type prospects, Anthony Davis, I'm not taking you. I'm not taking you in the top three or five or 10. I can get impactful centers at other points in the draft and they're replaceable. And if you have an, if you don't have an ability or a pathway to be a guy that's a 30 minute a night player in a playoff setting, what's the point of you? And so you'll see some of the big men who may uh, yeah, maybe in some spots mocked top six or top seven, they're falling. Guys who might be mocked in an 18 to 22 range, they're out of the first round, that sort of thing. Whereas I'm prioritizing wings, six fours to six nines, versus 6'11 centers. That's my theory at this point. I also think that you know, defense is probably a little bit more valuable in the, than shooting. Shooting's really valuable, of course, and doing those things together, but you can find guys that can shoot with a lot of defensive deficiencies. Finding those elite defenders and switchable defenders and playoff defenders with playoff size is really tough to do. That's where I'm at with it at the moment. I know that was a, uh, a pretty long introduction, a pretty long preamble, we're going to get to the mock draft in a second, but if you want to place bets on the mock draft, or not on the mock draft, on the NBA draft, bet online. Why would you go anywhere else? They are the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info, full of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including the basketball playoffs, which Game 7 is on, what would have happened by the time you're watching this, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Okay. Can you guess? All right. You're here on YouTube. We're five minutes in, six minutes in. Who am I picking number one for the Orlando Magic? Drop it in the chat, but also drop it in the comments below. I want to see, hey, dropping comments in the comments helps this show get out to more people on the algorithm as well. Who do you think is my number one? Drop it down below. And I'm not 100% set on this bloke being number one, the whole process here. But at this point, Chet Holmgren, I have at number one. And is it obvious for me to tell you that he's skinny? Yeah, of course it is. I don't think it's that much or as much of an issue as what others do. Chet is a super fiery competitor. He doesn't get bashed around, as his frame might suggest that he does. Defensively, he's fine out on switches. He's a great rim protector. I think he's going to be able to shoot a little bit and at a decent level. Um, I just think he's going to be really good. And one of my default things when guys I feel are sort of similar and are produced at similar levels in college and all that sort of stuff, when I've heard of a bloke for four years, and I've said this is the guy for four years, then he gets a little bit of a boost for me. Yeah, I've been hearing, I've heard about Paolo, but I've heard about Chet a lot more. I was watching Chet high school games, right? And then when he does what he does in high school, and I've been hearing about him, and then he comes into college, and he pretty much does the same thing. There's no reason for me to say, well, yeah, he's dropped way off. It's going to be the same when we hit to Wimbenyama's year. Like, I've been hearing about this guy since he was like 13. 
So it's going to take a really big thing to knock him off the top. Been hearing it, yeah, same with Doncic. You've been hearing about Doncic forever. So it took a lot to knock him off number one. He didn't get knocked off number one, and of course he should have been number one. So I'm going with Chet there. I don't think Chet's a center. I think he's more of a four, but he will play some center at times. Unbelievable efficiency, good rebounding, good advanced numbers. Um, you know, average almost four blocks per game. I think there is some scope to improve his passing. I just think he's a really good player. And I think he can coexist with, say, Wendell Carter Jr. I think no matter what happens, Mo Bumba's gone. And I talked about that in the Orlando season review a few weeks back. I don't think Bumba's a piece they're building around. But Chet, I don't even think they're building around Isaac anymore, to be honest. Chet Carter, Franz, I, I think that's your front court of the future here for the Magic. So Chet Holmgren at number one. After this... I move these blokes around like magnets on a footy coaching board, if you know what that means. Swinging the magnets to figure out where these blokes were going to fit. Number two, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And look, in real life, at the real draft, everything is coming out that it won't be Chet at number one and that the Thunder will just snap him up at number two. All right, but in this scenario where I'm looking at it as a, as a GM, I'd take Chet one. So that means at number two, I am going to take Jabari Smith from Auburn. And I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold on it. I think it'll be Jabari because that shooting is just hyper-valuable. Right? Jabari Smith's shooting ability is really, really important. What did he shoot last season? I've got the numbers in front of me. Like 42% from three on a pretty good three-point attempt rate. Good usage, good rebound, good scoring. Big, big scorer. And look, to fit into this Thunder team, they do need a center. And maybe he can play some small ball center. But can he fit you know, next to Poku? Sure. Can he replace Darius Baisley? Absolutely. The guys they've got are Gideon Shea, right? So I could consider Jaden Ivey here. But when, again, they're pretty close, it was down to Smith or Banquero. And I went with Smith. I just think that extra shooting is having a, a real offensive guy to pair with Shea to be your two offensive pillars. And I don't think he's defensively horrendous. I don't think he's... I don't think he's an excellent defender or anything like that, but he's good enough to be a closing player and a guy with high enough offensive upside to produce um, for this team at his height and his size and his shooting ability. But that's far from settled. Do I have a surprise coming at number three? I don't. I really debated it. And if I was going to be doing things to manipulate how it would be best for this draft to play out, then I would have probably gone with Jaden Ivey at three for the Rockets. I'm not sold on Kevin Porter. You know that. You know, Ivey and Green could be a great combination, although there's too much similarity between those two. I'm not sure. Um, and Paolo Banquero falling to the Kings at four would be awesome for Sacramento. I think he'd be great there next to Sabonis or replacing Sabonis when he decides to leave after a year. But in this situation, I have... Again, I don't think it's going to stay this way. I don't know how I'm going to go. But I've gone with Banquero to Houston at three. He's a 6'10 power forward who probably is really a center. Um, his passing is, I think, really good. That's going to be an interesting thing to watch from Paolo is to see how that passing comes through. That's going to be really good. Scoring, solid. Shot the ball okay, 34% from three. You know, efficiency overall, 56 is not... 
ideal, but I think he's going to become a better three-point shooter. He'll improve his free throw shooting. He gets to the line a lot. His passing's really good. I'm not sure that he can be a full-time center, but I do think that he can work next to Shengun, the delicate dancer. Time to play a sound drop because I need a breath. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. So I, I think those guys can work together. Um, but Paolo is going to be a good offensive option next to Jalen Green and giving them that set much like with Jabari Smith next to Shea, getting Paolo next to um, next to Jalen Green, I think is a good offensive option with some solid defensive ability, some ball-moving ability as well, which is sort of the role that the wild thing Jay Sean Tate has been playing. Of course, Paolo does that at a significantly higher level. Good rebounder, good offense. I just think he's a really, really strong player. And I would have no problem. If the Magic took him at one, I would probably say, I don't think so, but I'm okay with it. If, they win, if you win at two, if you win at four, no problem. To me, the four top four is relatively flat. And then, of course, at four, it's Sacramento, who probably would like to trade out of this. Probably... You know, we've seen them in the last two drafts take Tyrese Halliburton and then I feel erroneously taking Davion Mitchell. You know, just getting point guards and getting point guards and they ended up trading one of those away. They need forwards and big men desperately. They have Sabonis and yeah, an expiring Harrison Barnes and really not much else for Sean Holmes languishing. But I couldn't justify taking another big man here. I guess they could consider some shooting guardish type players. But... I think that's what Jaden Ivey almost can be as a not the best passing guard, but a guy that's more of a slasher, a you know, can shoot a little bit, can play off ball, can play on ball. That's that's what I'm looking at him at the moment. No reason that Jaden Ivey couldn't go top two. I don't think he'd go one to the Magic because of you know, the guards, but good size, great athlete, good three-point shooting numbers, good finishing numbers. Again, the assists aren't really there, but playing next to Fox at 6-4, yeah, it's better than Davion Mitchell. I'm really, I wouldn't be like, I can't take the guy that I think is the clear option because Davion Mitchell's on this team. That's how I view Mitchell. So Ivy comes in at number four, Jaden Ivy to the Sacramento Kings. So I want to give it a little bit more in-depth discussion about those top four. We're going to smash out the rest of this first round because otherwise the show is going to go for two and a half hours. Um, number five, we're going to Detroit. And this is tough. I am taking Shaden Sharp here, but who knows, man? We didn't see him play in college. He reclassified, he joined Kentucky and then didn't play. There's a lot of weird sort of stuff going on there with why he didn't play. And I, I'm gonna, when I talk to my draft analysts about him, really trying to dig into that a little bit more and see what they know. Talk to Raf about that, I think, tomorrow. He's got good size. Be a good compliment next to Cade, I think. Give Cade more on-ball reps. Um, a little bit of a... One of, the, some, one of those players that I don't love at times where it's just a lot of flash. But Jalen Green was a bit of that. So maybe Sharp can become that player. Doesn't need to have the ball in his hands continuously. And Cade's going to be able to run that. Um, and I think the size is pretty good for Shaden there, coming as a 2-3 type of player. So I've got him going at 5. At 6 to the Indiana Pacers, Keegan Murray obviously has got the numbers on the board for Iowa. 
what did he average last year? 23.5 points per game with nine boards and two blocks and 1.3 steals. Like legendary um, counting stats. Like his fantasy translations are sick. The bloke's going to be 22 by the time the season starts though. So you know, compare that to say you know, Sharp who is, what is he? Like he's not even 19 yet. He'll be 19 at the start of the season. It's three years difference. And a Pistons team is not ready to compete now. And while age isn't the be-all and end-all of things, at the end of his rookie contract, Shaden Sharp's going to be 23 and Keegan Murray's going to be 26. And then by the time you hit the end of Shaden Sharp's second contract at five years, if that's where he goes to, he's 28. Whereas Murray's already post-prime. He's 32 or 31, whatever it is. Um, And... For an Indiana team that still got Brogdon there, still got an older player with yeah, Heald and Halliburton and Turner. They're not super, super young. I don't think that matters quite as much. Um, but the ability for Keegan Murray is great. I always am skeptical of, of a bloke at that age taking him that high. But again, this draft's not the strongest. You'll see all these guys, forwards. Yeah, Bunkera can play some center, Check can play some center, but ideally they're all forwards. Except Ivy, of course, and Sharp's probably a two. This is where I think people will go, Josh, you're right. Are you feeling right? Are you cooked? What's going on? At number seven, the Portland Trailblazers. Jeremy Sohan from Baylor, the forward. And this is why I gave you a big spiel early on. I want wings who has got size and strength, who can defend, who can switch, who can guard, who've got some offensive upside. Is Jeremy Sohan? Now I'm going to ask this question to again. These guys coming on. What? Where? Where? Where would you read? Where would you take Herb Jones in a redraft? And is Jeremy Sohan better? Sohan also just turned 19, and on a team like Portland, which in general the rule is rookies can't defend. And I'm going to again talk to these analysts about this. Do we smash that through last season when Desunmu, when Jones, when Davion Mitchell? when someone else who I'm really like blanking on, like Scott Barnes, Evan Mobley. Like Evan Mobley's in Defensive Player of the Year conversations as a rookie. Can we just like that blanket statement of rookies not being able to defend, is, is that done now? Sohan, a guy with some scoring upside, with some offensive upside, not much, but with some, but 6'9 switchable forward, Mikhail Bridges, Ojin Anobi, Scott Barnes. Like, this is the valuable player. This is the valuable play type, which, and again, part of this is, these players, it's very hard to get them in. When you, because you know, every time, if you, I don't know if you guys listen to like Nate Duncan, Danny LaRue, when they're talking free agency previews. So it's like, this team needs a, a wing. Oh yeah, they've got TJ Warren or Otto Porter or they can, and it's always these spud eighth man rotation guys who are never star level upside players, but it's like, they need this sort of player. We need a forward size guy who can defend and hit some shots. All right, it's very hard to get your hands on those. And Portland allegedly well, you know, aren't going full rebuild and getting someone in who can defend, which has always been a problem next to Damian Lillard, I think is huge. Hart, Lillard, Sohan, Nurkic, Little, Simons coming off the bench or starting, wherever they want to run that. I, I think it's I think it's huge. I think that that's really important to get someone like that. Then at number eight, how much do you hate that Sohan pick at seven to the Blazers, by the way? Number eight, Dyson Daniels. From the G League Ignite, Australia's own. Heading to the New Orleans Pelicans with pick eight. Daniels, a guy that's got some shooting issues for sure. 
Really good passer. Solid enough defender, I think. Um, and for a team that's probably best lineup runs, CJ McCullum at point guard. Yes, Ingram and Zion can pass. Um, and they, you want the ball in their hands. But just having this sort of vision play is not... I know the Australian comparison is going to be there. He's not Josh Giddy as a passer, but he's pretty good. And having some defensive upside, I think, works works pretty well here. Really good instincts as a guard. The shooting obviously needs work, right? 29% from three in the G League last season needs some work. But um, smart enough to be able to come in and defend and pass and set guys up and yeah, an upgrade probably on someone like a Devontae Graham as a passer, ball handler, and uh, you know, obviously going to be cheaper than what they're paying Dice, uh, Devontae Graham at the moment. That's the top eight. Let's bang through the rest of these. At number nine, I've got the Spurs taking Johnny Davis, guard out of Wisconsin. I don't know what happens with Lonnie Walker. I know people still... I don't. People love Lonnie Walker. Like I, I did my Spurs review and someone's like, man, he just needs the minutes. He just needs the opportunity. He'll be most improved player, six man of the year. Like he's had plenty of opportunities. And nothing that he's shown me has shown that he's got that ability. And I, I with Primo and DeJounte, um, yeah, Josh Richardson will be gone. I think Walker will be gone. And getting someone like Johnny Davison, who won't play much in his first year, but can come in and be solid enough as a as a yeah, six five six six guard. He's 20 years of age. He scores well. Solid rebounder. Not a bad defender. Got him at nine. This bloke has fallen down my list compared to where he is on others. And that's AJ Griffin, who goes to the Wizards here at 10. Griffin is really young. I think he's almost the youngest player in this draft, or close to it. No, he's not quite the youngest. We'll talk about the youngest player soon. Um, he's still not 19, a few months off that. Really good shooting numbers. Everything else, not, not ideal. Like low usage player at Duke. Um, defensively had some struggles. Didn't score very much. Didn't play many minutes. But that upside is pretty interesting for a Wizards team that, again, lacks wing and forward size players and the guys that they're playing they're Denny Avdia Rui Hachimura aren't shooters can't shoot KCP's not a long term thing Kuzma who knows what they do with him he had some really good moments last season for sure but Griffin as a shooter there's something to work with there he's got number 11 that's the New York Knickerbockers debated this one quite a bit as well in the end I went with Ben Matherin guard out of Arizona Pretty explosive guy, 6'6", six, six, good size. We know the Knicks guard problems, Burks and Fournier. It is quickly their long-term answer? You'd hope so. And they do need a point guard. But one thing that's lacking in this entire class is point guards. There's just not many that are good. And you know, those, those elite sort of passing lead guards, which are so important, they just don't exist really here in this class. Um, but getting someone in there who can be a replacement for Fournier, you know, in two years' time when Thibodeau's comfortable playing him, I think Mathurin's, Mathurin, I need to learn how to pronounce that one, um, is the guy. Strong, good size, good offensive player. Defensively, not sure he's there, but hey, there's no better situation to be in than um, you're with Tom Thibodeau, who is sometimes overrated as a defensive coach, but he's um, got some good results out of some bad defenders. So I think he's got something there, a little bit of explosion, a little bit of offensive ability that a lot of those players in New York don't really have. And then we get the next team, which is the Thunder, who are having their second pick in the top 12. This one comes from the Clippers, and it's the first actual center off the board. The Thunder need a center, right? 
they don't have any... Robinson Elshaw, he filled in that role. I don't really think that he's that guy moving forward as a centre. So I'm going to take Jalen Duran, who is, I think, the youngest player in this class. He's like 18 and six months. Super young. I think there's a chance that Duran can be a guy that can stay on the floor in the playoffs, maybe a la Rob Williams. I wouldn't want to spend a top six pick on him, but he could be that player that, as a centre, who's 6'10", 6'11", good rebounder, good rim finisher... Not sure he's going to be able to ever stretch out and shoot the three. Not not convinced at that. Maybe he can do it. He's got some touch. He's got some passing ability. There's no... There's no... I'm, I'm not ruling it out for him to become a shooter. I'll put it that way. He's really young, but it could be a while away. Um, and I wouldn't want to take that top 10. But I think here, in your second pick, it's fine. 13, this team needs a center. We know that. Don't know if they get one in free agency, but Mark Williams from Duke, huge man, big man. Just giving LaMelo Ball a big pick-and-roll partner is exactly what we're doing here. He's 7-1, huge wingspan, big lob threat, big alley-oop guy, and we know what LaMelo is going to be able to do. Three-point shooting, no, it's not there. Will it ever be there? Maybe. Free throws at 73 is really, really encouraging. Really good rebounder, very good um, rim protector and shot blocker, and that's great. But you can't do much else, and you can't pass. You can't give him the ball and go work work in the post. It's going to be junk plays, clinker Pala plays, Rudy Gobert plays probably. Although Gobert is Gobella, Gobert is probably got a little bit more offensive touch to him. But I'm really interested to see what this guy can do at this size, and pairing with Lamelo makes a lot of sense. Maybe you know, this top 13 is set. Is there anything I'm missing from that top 13? Maybe this is sort of set. After this, I don't know, man. It can go anywhere. At 14, Cleveland. Malachi Branham, guard out of Ohio State. I want guards, I want wings. I want guards, I want wings. Six, five and a half. He's 19. Scores okay. Got some defensive ability. I think. Yeah, he's not... A horrendous defender. Um, his shooting, I think, is going to be pretty good. 41% from three. Hit his free throws at a great rate. Um, hit a lot of contested long twos, which you probably need to phase out of his game to a degree. But maybe could he become a DeRozan level two-point shooter? I don't know. Good dribbler. Decent ball handler. Good defender. Just a guy that they come in. Not the backup point guard they need or secondary point guard but as a guy with some defensive ability next to Levert next to Garland replacing Sexton sure 15 not really sure about this one not really confident Charlotte Hornets Usman Dieng forward out of New Zealand originally from France had some really rough moments down in the NBL this season but he's got the size there that's number one he's 6 foot 9 um, can move and improved a lot towards the second half of the season. But needs to improve his strength. Probably needs to improve his rebounding. Um, the shooting is, is was terrible. Like 27% was from three is really bad. True shooting of 48% is horrendous. And I don't really know what he is on the wing. Like, is he just going to be a no three and D? Is he going to be a Kyle Anderson... Mover, defender, but not shooter without the passing. I don't know. He's young. He's got size. 
that's important and that's where we're going. Been a lot of movement or a lot of chatter about Tari Eason forward out of LSU and I've got him at 16 to the Hawks. Mainly because guys with this physical profile, height, long wingspan, big hands, it's your Ananobis, Kawhi Leonard, Scott Barnes's. It's that that player. That's the profile Tari Eason has. The Hawks on the wing, yeah, it's Herder. It's at times Luau Cabro. It's the oft-injured DeAndre Hunter. Where does John Collins fit long-term on this team? Um, like, he's probably not going to contribute straight away, but Atari Eason at 6'8", 6'9", Jalen Johnson, burgeoning frontcourt at 6'10", or whatever he is. Maybe. Now, he's a little bit older, 21 years of age, but really aggressive, really good attacker, really good rebounder. Um, shot 36% from three. Um, but yeah, the shooting is, the shooting's not a hundred percent there, but he was efficient where he fits as a four, as a small ball five, is he, can he play the three? I don't know, but the size length defensive combination who can handle the ball a little bit. I like it. That's the top 16. Let's go the rest. 17. Not many point guards available, and the Rockets are going to take one here. Kennedy Chandler, point guard out of Tennessee. This is what you know, I debated. Do we go Jaden Ivey at number three? Because um, I'm not sold on, on Kevin Porter Jr. Eventually, they're going to move on from Eric Gordon. Dennis Schroeder's not going to be there long-term, pretty obviously. Um, can Chandler be a starting point guard? I don't know. But you occasionally get starting point guards in the 16 to 25 zone. And it's worth having a crack at Chandler, who I debated between him and Kentucky's Ty Ty Washington here. But I did take Chandler, and I'm and again, I'm not sold on it. It's my initial thought. Number 18, what do the Bulls need? Wings, who can play defense. EJ Liddell, forward out of Ohio State. That's what I need as a Chicago 10. Pat Williams, though, he was injured all season, for sure. And he he helps there. Um, but Liddell, yes, he's 6'7", and he's 21. But this team... Who knows what's happening with Zach Levine? Yeah, they're going to be... It's Vooch, it's DeRozan, and it's Levine. Like, that's where things are going, and it's an injured Lonzo Ball. They need someone who can come in, contribute, and Herb Jones it for them. And I think... I'm not sure whether he can Herb Jones it. He averaged 2.6 blocks at six foot seven. I'm pretty happy with that. So Liddell, again, wing-sized guy that can switch defensively. Value. This bike's risen a lot. And be aware when you're looking at draft stuff, there's two guys called Jalen Williams. There's this Jalen Williams, spelled J-A-L-E-N, and there's a million Jalens in this. Jalens and Jalens. There's just millions of them. All right, this is Jalen Williams, the guard out of Santa Clara. Shout out Steve Nash. Or there's the other Jalen Williams, which is J-A-Y-L-I-N, who's like a power forward center. Jalen Williams, guard, Santa Clara. Do you say Clara? Clara? What do you say? I don't know. Santa Clara is what I would say. Um, he's really stepping up. He was probably a second round pick from a lot of people, but now there's talk, yeah, top 15. Top, I've heard top 12 that he's jumping up. Scorer can shoot. He's 21, so he's not the youngest player, but good size as a wing. 40% three-point shooter, can drive, can finish, can pass. As an off guard, that's really important. 
Um, who knows if Russell or Beasley or Beverly, what their long-term futures in Minnesota. Can old mate Jalen Williams pair with Anthony Edwards? Yeah, I think he can. And that's what we'll, that's what we'll do here. Number 20, it's the Spurs with their second first-round pick. What, what, what do we need? Ah, oh, wings and forwards with some size who can guard. Kendall Brown from Baylor. Didn't play a huge amount. Or scored 10 points. So didn't, sorry, didn't score a huge amount. Um, but he's got the size. He's 19. He's got good wingspan. True shooting was pretty solid. Three-point percentage, 34. Um, but I wouldn't say that's his strength. But it's just having some size, good athlete, and playing sort of where the, in that Colden johnson type area, which is what the Spurs do need. Now I'm going to admit the pick 21 is the Denver Nuggets. And I did it mainly, not mainly, but partially because it's funny. Is that the right way to do a mock draft? Probably not. It's also not a horrendous pick, and that's Nikola Jovic going to the Nuggets to pair with Nikola Jokic. Jovic, who also comes from Mega, along with, along with Jokic, is a forward. He's like 6'10", I think, who, you'll be shocked to hear this, has some defensive concerns, but can be, he's young. Guy I've heard of for a little bit of time as well. 6'10", 6'11", good scorer. A guy that, you know, if you run into the problem where Michael Porter Jr. is still struggling with his injuries, that maybe Jovic can move into that tall forward scorer shooter with some rebounding skill. But you know, defensively, there's going to be a problem there, um, but he needs to work on strength. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking him there, but again, when I'm debating it and I get a chance to pair Jovic and Jokic, I've got to do it. You know, I've got to do it. Pick 22. This is where I'm going with Ty Ty Washington to the Memphis Grizzlies. Point guard out of um, out of Kentucky. Kentucky guards in particular, they're always like, oh, look at the numbers. You go, like, what am I seeing here? Go from Booker um, quickly. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a bunch of other guys. Um, Kevin Knox, lol. Um, their numbers are always a bit off. Yeah, is Washington a good passer? I don't think so. Can he score okay? Maybe. But Kentucky just squishes everything down so much for guards. And with Tyus Jones's free agency coming up, just getting someone in there behind Bain, Morant, Brooks, Melton. I think it's worth having a crack at someone like Washington. 23. Oh, would you look at that? It's another player who's a forward-sized guy in Patrick Baldwin Jr., who's six foot ten. He's 19. He can sort of switch and defend a bit. What do the, the Nets need? Apart from any sort of depth, really. Some defensive type players. Some forward size players. Um, he didn't shoot particularly well in his 11 games, 27%. But big wingspan. I think he's got some defensive ability there. Um, and just nice wing, side, wing forward size player. Number 24, Blake Wesley goes to the Bucks as a guard out of Notre Dame. Wesley's not a guy that I'm super excited about. Like, he's he's fine. He averaged, what, 17 points last season. I think that's per 36, sorry. Um, yeah, solid passer. Defensively, we'll see. 
defensively, not defensively, um, shooting wise, only shot 30% and didn't finish at all well at the rim. I think there is some room for that to improve. Um, needs, you know, probably needs a little bit more uh, athletically as well. But as a sort of wing guard scoring type, yeah, that's where we're going. The Spurs, pick three in the first round. They're going to the G League Ignite here for Marjon Beauchamp. I'm going to be talking about him this week. Uh, Beauchamp, obviously, is another guard-sized player um, who... It's, it's hard to... We haven't got a full idea of how to grade the production of guys coming out of the G League Ignite, but he's 6'6". He averaged 15 and 7 with 1.5 steals. Just another sort of wing-sized player who can fit in that 3-4 role behind Vassal and behind Johnson who can defend. Didn't shoot the ball very well at all, which is a, a concern. And he is a little bit older. He's, he's going to be 22 in a few months' time. But just a solid enough ball-handling, well-rounded, all-round all sort of guy, I think. That's how I'm viewing him. At number 26, Dallas does need a center. Is this the answer? Is Ismail Kamagate the answer? I don't know. Seven foot, I think he is, from um, Paris. Was he? Uh, 6'11". Average 11 and 6 last season. Just, they need some help there. Is he a guy that could potentially get playoff minutes and not have to be Dwight Powell? Yeah, I can see that. More than, say, the guys that I left out of the first round, like a Walker Kessler. Spoiler alert, he's not in the first round. I think Kamagate could be that player. Um, even more than like a, uh, a Christian Coloco. So that's why I've got him here. Number 27, the Miami Heat. Bryce McGowan's guard out of Nebraska. Don't know what they're doing with Duncan Robinson. Don't know what Victor Oladipo's future is. But you know, their guard depth was Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, really, for a lot of this time. And just getting another guy in there to develop on their elite development system. Probably could have gone with a forward here, but ended up with McGowan's, who's not... Um, He's not particularly small. He's 6'6", yeah. So he's a good-sized player, young player. And that's who we're going with there. For the next one, the Golden State Warriors at 28. Christian Braun, guard out of Kansas. Another pretty good-sized player, 6'7". He is older. Um, yeah, they went young with Kaminga and Wiseman and Moody. But they were the top picks. And now they're in the NBA Finals. Just getting a guy like... Christian Braun in there, I think, that can play a little bit of the three, where they have had some depth issues at times. Um, I don't know, I think just an interesting option for them there. Well, again, not sold on any of these guys, and they'll, they'll change a lot, I'm guessing, as we move forward. But that's where we're at. 29, back to Memphis. It's Jaden Hardy, the guard out of the G League Ignite. Hardy is about to turn 20, so again, a little bit older. He's six foot four as a guard. He averaged 18, 4, and 3. Pretty good G League numbers. They don't need him to be an immediate contributor. Um, I think at some point they'll need to transition Dylan Brooks to another team or a different role, and maybe Hardy can end up moving into that sort of position on this squad. But just you know, getting a guard player there. And then lastly, at number 30, is it a Sam Presti pick? Yeah, I'd say so. Leonard Miller, the Canadian forward from Fort Erie. I haven't really seen him play much. He's 6'10". He's long. He's got big hands. I don't really know. Look, he, could he be a top 10 player in this class? Yeah. I just don't really know what to think of him. And 
there's a lot to sort of come from that still, but it's the Presti pick. It's a guy that would fit on the Thunder, get get some size, get some length. That's what he is. The guys that just missed out, and I was really, you know, probably should have had someone like Jake LaRavia there over a Christian Braun. That was one, you know, looking back on it. Like, I didn't want to just tinker and tinker and tinker, but that's probably one that I would do. David Roddy was just missing there. Ryan Rollins, Matt Christie, Max Christie, and Walker Kessler. The guys who were just just probably on the outside there with your Jake, the guy that I'd probably put in um, ahead of, uh, say, Christian Braun there. Or even a McGowan's in Miami. And that does it for my first mock draft for the season. Tomorrow, we're talking to Rafael Barlow. going to be excited to chat with him. What did you think of this mock draft? Are you going to be like, they're definitely not doing this? Someone will. I know someone will. This team, this X team is definitely not taking X player. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's fine. At the, this point, it's my initial mock draft and we're going to go through it. We're going to develop a lot of thoughts on these guys and I hope you're going to be with me for the journey. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments, good or bad, down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.